Hello, and welcome to Real World Leadership, where we're bringing our best selves to life and leadership. I'm your host, Susan Johnson, founder of Truth Enterprise Partners, a talent development consulting and coaching firm based here in the Atlanta area, focused on executive coaching, leadership development, and diversity and inclusion. Our vision is to inspire a world where authenticity, diversity, and truth are valued. And our aim is to bring out the true potential in people. It's what drives us to get up and do our best every day. And we're hoping to bring out the true potential in you. So thank you all for joining us. Today at Real World Leadership, we have a guest speaker on the topic of strategy and execution. It's part of our series devoted to leader attributes. Larry Donovan is here with us today, and he is a leader. I met through our volunteer work with the Women in Insurance and Financial Services Organization. Their organization sponsored us as a gold member, and we appreciate your contribution and your sponsorship, Larry. Um, So I'm going to share a little bit about Larry for you all who don't know him. He is the CEO of a human capital management company. It's a software company. Um, It's an organization where... Constant change is always happening, which requires some serious thought and forward leadership as it relates to agility, strategy, analysis, execution, planning, all in order to drive results. Um, It's very critical in his role to stay ahead of what's next. He has a great depth in terms of leadership that he often shares in Forbes articles and other publications. So it is clear to me that he communicates in a really straightforward way, which is why I asked Larry to share with us on real world leadership. Larry, I want to thank you again and welcome to joining us on real world leadership. What else would you like to share as it relates to our introduction today? Well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to join you and, and share some of these ideas and thoughts with your listeners. So I really, I always enjoy these opportunities. Yeah, you know, I, at, at heart, I am, I, I am, a, I am a leader. Uh, that is, that's my passion. That's what has always driven me, especially in the last twenty years or so of my career. And uh, I happen to do that, and have happened to do it for just uh, just around forty years in HR technology. Uh, I got started uh, purely by chance at a company when I was, after I'd graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then it just kind of got under my skin and has led me through an amazing career. Uh, I've spent, my early years were in customer facing roles. And then I spent about 20 years uh, building and developing uh, HR software products. Uh, and then the last 10 years or so have been in uh, you know executive leadership roles in sales. I was a CIO for a while. And then also, uh, uh, of course, as a CEO for the last three years at Namely. Awesome. Awesome. It's good to know. And I can certainly connect in with the, the HCM um, work. I worked for an HCM company um, prior to my consulting work. So I know a little bit about that. And my background, my education is in human resource development. So certainly know a little bit about that as well. So thank you again for joining us. And as we prepare to dive in, I always do this icebreaker. So I'm hoping you'll entertain me with that. I'm going to pick a card and just answer, you know, freely as our listeners get to know a little bit more about you. All right. So the question for you as our icebreaker is to describe a life experience that has shaped you. Well, the, the one that, of course, pops into your head is uh, being a parent. Uh, I'm the father of two 30-year-old twin girls. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, you know, you could talk about leadership all day long, but the certainly, the, the again, when you go with 
instinct to watch your head, it would be raising these amazing daughters. And as a leader, what's so fascinating for me right now is they've both had a fair amount of their own professional success. Mm-hmm. So uh, I am I am the on-demand leadership coach for both of them, who both have <laughs> recently become uh, le- leaders of teams, which is super cool. And it's so it's always it's always interesting. In fact, my daughter this morning, she had okay. a, she had a, she had an issue for me. We had to talk through it, and uh, it was fun. Good, good. Well, leadership has been a, a passion of mine, and it's funny that you talk about you know you know you use it with your kids, you know, use it in other aspects of life other than work, right? Um, but I'm also you know, my son's 15 and we're also planting seeds with him. Um, and he's really, you know, becoming really self-actualized. It's kind of funny to see at his, his age, but. It's super exciting. And it, <laughs> and, it, and it just, you know, the other thing about being a parent for me, you can, you know, other people might feel differently, but every single phase has just gotten better and better. Yeah. You know, now, if, if one of them with their respective husbands would have a baby, I'd be super excited. That's the only oh. thing I'm a little impatient about at the moment. because Oh, yes. Oh yes, absolutely. That's the that's the the blessing in all of it that you get to see the grandkids and and such. So that's a little ways off for me, but, but I'm certainly excited about that. I'm hoping I'll, I'll be blessed to see that as well. All right. So thank you for giving us some insights into your personal world. Um, we appreciate that as part of our introduction. And let's go ahead and get started. Um, so strategy is our our topic of the day, and it's one of the key leader attributes that. I've identified that's important um, for leaders to really get their their arms around. Um, it can mean so many different things. It's really a broad term that I think encompasses so many um, different components and skills as it relates to change, innovation, analysis planning, um, scenario planning. Um, what's the other one I'm thinking of instead of scenario planning? Um, when things don't go right, I can't think of it right now. <laughs> Contingency planning. Yeah, contingency planning. <laughs> contingency planning. It was drawing a blank. Um, so it, it encompasses a lot. So as we're talking, I'm hoping you can hit on a few things, perhaps maybe how you're defining defining strategy from your perspective. Um, how do you set the tone for those that you leave around a strategic mindset? Um, how are you bringing strategy um, to the forefront and support around that strategy? Um, and then maybe some barriers that might get in the way as a strategic leader that that may come up for you. So um, with that being said, let's start with uh, the notion of strategic thinking, vision, and for that forward thinking, which most people associate with the strategy and strategic thinking um, in an effort to drive results. So what, what does strategic thinking mean for you, you know, as someone that just does this, you know, as the, a major part of their job every day? Yeah, you know, it's a well, it's a multidimensional problem, as you noted. Um, and I think you're right in in the way you kind of describe it as a more generic t- term for a lot uh-huh. of umbrella items. But you know, I, I always I always say to people when people ask me about what it's like to be be a CEO, I say it's one of the loneliest jobs you can do. Uh-huh. And and strategy is the most perfect illustration of that, because basically the job to define strategy at its core is between you and the mirror. You know. Yes, the board the board is going to have input into you know validating that. Yes, you're going to reach out and engage employees in how to think about it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it starts and ends with you. And like so many things in leadership, uh, and we've seen it during uh, the pandemic, especially um, you know leaders without the like that sense of ultimate responsibility often delegate things inappropriately. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when strategy goes left. Uh, it's often because the CEO didn't properly sponsor it. 
and so, you know, for me, you know, how I think about that and how I set the tone is by starting at the beginning. I mean, I've always found it necessary to really create, I'll use the term sound bites, which is a little, little judgmental in a way, but it's very illustrative. Like if I can't start with that set of sound bites that everybody can identify with, everybody can understand, I have to explain it five times over, mm-hmm. you know, we can all then work off of, um, you know, what, what that means. And, and at every single moment in the process, I'm always asking the question about how it links to our mission and our values. Okay. Uh, because strategy can change, but value shouldn't. Mission eh, probably shouldn't, but can. Right. Um, but, you know, a strategy is only viable if it aligns with values and it aligns with mission. And I think, I think you see a lot of times where the strategy is all over the place. And mm-hmm. it's because it's not rooted in, in, in those values and how the business cherishes and protects them. And right. as how to, to thrive as a business. Well, I, I love I love how you explain, you know, um, and, and just gave that visual. It's you in the mirror. <laughs> you know? yeah. First of all, it can lot. be, you know, leadership can be a lonely place. And, it, and, and it's true when you're a CEO and, you know, people are looking to you for the answers. It can be um, yeah. a lonely place. And so you ground yourself into the values. What is it that we're we're seeking to to do? What's our strategy moving forward? It has to be connected to who we are and what we're about. Yeah, and I think a lot of times strategy, people have great ideas that are strategic yeah. and that they're very, very passionate about, but you kind of have to sometimes throw cold water on them because they're either either they're way too off, far off of what the business needs to do to succeed, whether uh-huh. they're good ideas or not, uh-huh. or they or they disconnect with values uh, or mission, you know, equally yeah. importantly. I, I see it all the time. I mean, we serve a very specific customer. In uh-huh. a gigantic market. Right. And so people have great ideas all day long about how to serve other customers. But I have to remind people, we love those customers, but we don't serve them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so while that strategy is interesting, and if we could adapt that strategy for our target customer, great. I'm all in. Um, I got but you. When it's for a non-target customer, you know, it's kind of a non-starter. I love it. It's a it's a, a litmus test and kind of keeps you grounded on what's important and why we're, why we're, why we're doing what we're doing. That was very insightful. I appreciate you sharing that perspective. I think that's a a interesting, interesting one for people to take note of, you know, because to your point, people always are thinking they're strategic, you know, (laughs) you know, so, but it has to be grounded into what you're trying to drive in that execution piece of, you know, how can we drive this? Will this work? Does it drive results? The results that we are seeking as a business. Exactly. Strategy is meaningless if it doesn't produce outcomes that are desirable. <laughs> yeah. A lot of strategic people in the world, you know, but again, it's got to drive yeah. outcome. Got to drive outcome. And that's what that's what business is about. It's about outcome. It's about profit and outcome. So um, how do you go about setting the strategic tone as a business leader? As you think about, you know, your team, um, how do you go about how you go about doing that for your organization? Well, what, I, what I've done pretty much every year, uh, didn't have to do it so much this year because uh, we didn't change it much. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, I, I set up um, both, you know, in, a, in terms of language and usually some kind of visual um, for my direct report team that says, OK, this is where we were. And I actually have a slide that shows how those key elements of strategy have changed each of the three years I've been here. 
mm-hmm. uh, because I want to stay rooted in what where we come where from where we came and how that is helping us demonstrate that we've evolved the strategy because those results have happened. Um, but then we revise it. And so what I've always tried to do is again first, you know, convene with the mirror and kind of ask the right questions about how I want to adapt that. Then of course I I, I work to syndicate it with my t- leadership team because you mm-hmm. know that is never just a top-down exercise. Right. Uh, you know, and then you know, and then we we bring it into better focus. Um, and then, you know, for me, of course, I have a board of directors that I'm responsible to. So right. I engage them sometimes informally to help me refine it and get their feedback, but certainly at the end to get them to sign off on it. Mm-hmm. And then and only then do we then talk about how do we articulate it to the broader organization? Because from the strategy comes the goals and objectives that are going to drive our work for whatever period of time we think it will be governed. Right. And that's the, the breakdown of the how and how we're going to how we're exactly. going to execute against the strategies, you know, with goals and like you say, goals and outcomes, you know, that you're looking for. And have you found that um, in, in garnering that support from your board of directors, um, and it sounds like you have some some meetings with them offline to try to g- gauge and get some 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 support and clarify some things. But what is what's it been like for you to garner support from your board or um, or either even your your team members to to get them, get them on board to support it. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's like anything, you have to sell it, you know, I mean, it's at the end of the day, you know, you have to lead with influence, um, you know, because, you know, you, you get, you, you get where, you get where your head needs to be. Then you have to be open to feedback and you want to get that from a variety of sources. So I go to certain board members with certain subject matter, because they're they're more of an expert about it. I serve on board four boards of directors, and I play a very specific role around expertise, usually in go market kinds of stuff. So when there's a go to market issue with one of my portfolio companies, they come to me. If they've got an issue with finance, they don't come to me. I can help them. Um, and the same is true for my board. And so depending on what I'm dealing with, I might approach one or two of them in that process. In the same way that I would approach, you know, my head of sales in a different way than I might approach my head of engineering. Um, mm-hmm. To think about the, you know, the how that how that strategy can get implemented in practice, and that helps, you know, that helps morph it and evolve it. Um, but that's mm-hmm. a pretty compressed process for me. I mean, um, you know, I, I I come to that with the end in mind, um, right. but I certainly uh, it is it is not about my ego getting boosted that says, oh, you got it right the first time either. Right. Um, but, it's, but these elongated strategy processes drive me to the brink of insanity. Uh huh. I hear you on that. <laughs> Like, I, I get it. I totally get it. I've been in some places where it's like the strategies are so long. It's like, are we going to, am I even going to be here <laughs> you know, to, yeah. see, to see that through? So, exactly. um, so interesting to note, I mean, leveraging strengths of, of people and knowing where strengths lie within your board and with your team. I think it's important to note that conscious thought around how you leverage the expertise in the the teams that you have to garner the support that you need for sure. And I wanted to call that out just for our, for our audience of, of, you know, around conscious behaviors that you're doing that may be unconscious for you now, because you're so good at it. Right. But for, for leaders that are, um, you know, in, in these roles to, to consciously think about, well, who has a strength in this area that could offer some, some insight into these thoughts and ideas and how they would play out, how they would work. And in doing so garner their support toward it. And listen, after 20 years of doing this kind of work, I make still make that mistake all the time. Oh. You know, somebody will be like, 
well, what about this? Like, oh, darn it. You know, I didn't think to ask you. Uh-huh, you know? and, uh-huh. and sometimes people, people bring a lot of emotion to that conversation because they feel like they've been excluded. So then you have a different problem to work through. Yes. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I still do it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Now, some of that is kind of my person. I, I tend to be a little less planful. Um, you know, like I kind of like to wing it to some degree. Like if I'm too prepared, I don't feel like for me personally, I, I do my best work. Other people, that's a terrifying idea. Right. Um, that's but that's the, neg- the negative for me as a leader is sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll miss uh, checking some, some of the bullets off. And then have to kind of be like, you know, I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Circle the wagons back around. So, yeah. So, again, knowing yourself, you know, the way that you are, can you, you know, that that thought of some uncertainty is, um, you know, might drive you in a different way, you know. So oh, totally personality does. wise, that makes sense if that's, you know, knowing yourself the way that you do. I think it comes from my experience in sales, because, you know, when you're when you're in sales, you just have to be ready for whatever you got to deal with it on a dime. Mm-hmm. And um and, you know, and I never had, I did so much of that work. I never had any time to prepare. Mm-hmm. So if I feel overprepared, I actually don't feel like I do my best work. But I, I recognize that's, you know, that's unusual. And yeah, um, that's that's part of your your trait. Yeah. And so I think, again, too, um, I mean, because it's strategy and it's planning and it's execution, right? So some things um, there's, you know, you try to go over the scenarios and things that you, you know, what what could happen that we're, we, we haven't thought of. You know, you go through that, but there's always something that you hadn't thought of anyway, because you can't think of everything <laughs> anyway. And, that, and that's why you that's why you engage a broader community in helping you finalize it. Right. Um, but then there's also that point where you have to be like, okay, we've discussed it long enough and I heard all your feedback and this is, this is how we're going to proceed mm-hmm. um, and, and then commit to it. You know, obviously there are times and places where you make mistakes and you realize you have to adjust. Um, yeah. But, but you ha- the, the most important thing I believe for a CEO is you just got to commit to it and, and you have to be open to the possibility that it was wrong. And that gets to back to outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I get a sense, you know, there's some, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna commit to, we're gonna go for it, you know, we're gonna be agile where we need to, but we're committing to this this strategy and this is our go forward plan and being definitive around that. That's right. Yeah. So have you what have you done when you've encountered um what I call dis- detractors or people that are trying to thwart your plan and kind of sabotage it in a bit to be, you know, really frank. Have you had that encounter and what's that like for you? What's that been like? You know, well, you know, it's when you're a CEO, that doesn't happen quite so much because you have a lot of the power and authority you need. Um, But certainly I think that um, at times in my career where I have been trying to drive a strategy forward and it's gotten derailed, it's usually because I didn't do a good enough job of leading with influence. Um, now there are people that just, you know, aren't necessarily, you know, good and and will try, will deliberately try to sabotage something. My experience is it's usually because something about their own ego is 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 you know getting them in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think that no matter what, you know, this is where this is where um, you know my experience in sales is so valuable because yeah. you think about that stuff all the time when you've had the kind of sales experience I've had, which I, which is why many times I, I encourage people if they aspire to be a leader um, to spend some time in sales, um, mm-hmm. if they can tolerate it. And there's plenty of people who would hate it. My da- I encourage my daughter to jump off a cliff and do it 
And she lasted about five months, but quickly got promoted into a sales operations role. So it was great. Um, but I look at, so, so I think that, you know, being able to anticipate how people are going to react, um, you know, you know, getting to all the stakeholders and then really the skill is leading with influence. Yeah. Um, you know, great salespeople, um, like other great leaders, um, will always look at their leading with influence skills as the most important. And when I evaluate leaders, and especially if I'm going to engage them or give them responsibility for strategic work, um, you know, leading with influence is super important. Like I've worked with any number of people with these amazing pedigrees around strategy. They've worked at mm-hmm. places like McKinsey and Bain and Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're super smart with these amazing educational pedigrees, but their leading with influence skills are really weak. And so, so it's fascinating because they can deliver to you this great, insightful, thoughtful stuff, but it, but it, but it's dead on arrival because they didn't have the skills or they weren't to sell it and influence it. Right? Yeah. Right. Or a guy like me uses a person like that to help them build it, but then I have to go sell it, which by the then way, the CEO should be doing anyway, but that's right. Right. Doing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So leadership is influence. That's all it is. That's all I mm-hmm. say. You know, we have these particular skills, but it's, it's again, it's influencing people um, and being uh, persuasive, not manipulative, but, you know, helping them see, you know, the, the value, you know, and the win for them it could be a win for you. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm, I, I know you understand this, but I, I spend so much time talking to people about how their feelings inform their behaviors. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, people tell me that my performance appraisal with me is like going to the therapist. They're like, okay. You know, and I'm, I'm married to a social worker and a trained psychologist. You know, I've learned a lot from that over the years. Um, uh-huh. It's been super valuable. But, you know, so much of those inter- intersections, you know, get derailed, especially around execution, you know, because yeah. people are having all these kind of, you know, left and right emotional responses to things that aren't getting resolved, not because they're not bought in or they don't understand it or they don't know what to do. Hmm. Yeah, we could talk about that for for, for days. I know. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about Off that agenda. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right. So, um, so as we get ready to wrap, I think we're at a good position. We've kind of defined the strategy and the tone that you set for for strategy and how you're influencing um, all the time, getting buy-in from your team, your board leveraging their strengths as a, p- a part of that strategic um, planning to make sure you got a solid a solid strategy to be able to execute against results. What do you want to leave with our audience in terms of one key takeaway or one thing that you want to make sure you want to emphasize or maybe you didn't get a chance to speak to? What would that be? That popped into my head because we're, we're trying to define strategy, anticipate what the various options might mean and how they might be implementable, viable you know, carry an appropriate level of risk. And when you transition to execution or, or more importantly, selling it, you know, you have to anticipate how various stakeholders are going to feel about that strategy. And not only do they understand it, but will they sign up for it? And if, and if you're, you're constantly almost have some paranoiac uh, at times during this process, um, focus on trying to anticipate those various dimensions, you got to 10 times better chance of both coming up with the right strategy and having it, having it not just end up sitting on the shelf and going nowhere. Excellent. Excellent, Larry. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom, your insights on this broad and kind of um, 
you know, kind of a nebulous topic at, at times around around strategy and how to how to get it right to the point where you can commit to it and have buy-in to that commitment. So thank you for sharing. I hope that uh, our audience has been able to take away a nugget or two. Um, there's a couple of things that I thought were important. I Hopefully I emphasize those enough for you to get it and run with it. Um, so again, thank you for your time and your contribution. So we are going to bring this session to a close. And as we close, this is a, just a quick reminder of who we are at Truth Enterprise Partners. We help individuals and leaders discover their true potential with consulting and coaching. So you might ask yourself, how are you and your team doing as it relates to strategy and execution? And if you're looking for ways to enhance your ability to lead and adapt your style a bit, if that's something that you're considering, we have tools, techniques, and expertise to help you with that. And we hope that you'll give us a call. You can reach us at truthenterprisepartners.com or email us at info at truthenterprisepartners.com or you can dial us at 612-237-1559. And if you're curious about Namely, the HCM software company that Larry is the CEO of, you can reach out to him at Larry at Namely.com for more information. So again, Larry, thank you so much for sharing your views on strategy today. We appreciate you being our guest. Thank you all for joining us as well. This has been Real World Leadership with your host, Susan Johnson, and we'll be seeing you again real soon.